Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity in Denver. And um, inquiring minds want to know, Sarah, is all the Halloween candy candy gone from your house? Or do you still have uh, mini M&Ms or uh, mini Snickers lurking? There's no such thing as mini M&Ms. Fun size (laughs) M&Ms. I got to say, I think my kids are on to me. Because in the past, when they would go to school, I am not the person who takes it, says, eat as much as you want, and then I'm taking it away tomorrow. I let them eat as much as they want that night and then uh, just let them keep the candy. I just, I don't know. You know what? I I was like trying to limit my kid. Well, I didn't this year, but last year I was trying to limit my kids. And my mom was like, I never did that to you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're right. You didn't. And I mean, the the difference is, is that my kids come home with a pumpkin the size of, you know, a head full of candy. And I, you know, I mean, I lived in rural Minnesota, like we drove and I had probably an eighth of a pumpkin, you know, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, so yeah. So your kids are on to you. So I used well, cause I used to candy. No, no, no. I would, no, I would steal it, but throw it out. And so that, oh. so let's say they had, you know, six mini buddy butterfingers and buddy fingers, buddy fingers. Candy <laughs> <laughs> with buddy fingers. We do so well for people whose English is our second language. <laughs> um, no, so so you know, or you know, ten mini M and M bags, that type of thing. And so that there, then, uh, oh, hold on, they're fun size M and M, not mini M and Ms. There's mini <laughs> Snickers and mini candy bars, fun size and M and Ms. All so, right. So so I would go in there and be like oh okay they they have a lot of those so i would just take out one or two of the things they had multiples of and so then hope i was hoping they wouldn't notice that when they got home their their stash was smaller but now i mean it is it is needle in a haystack trying to find my kids stash of candy in our house um and we did also tell them this year that if we found any wrappers on the floor they were going to have to throw out that same amount of candy because it just, I'm like, really? You can't walk from here to there oh. to throw your candy wrapper. Oh, it drives me crazy. Or the mine is a juice box straw wrapper thing. You know? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You know, it's like it's right there. You know, <laughs> and, and they throw out the juice box and not the the little straw thing. And I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. Oh, and but then you know, so then last night while we were watching, um, gosh, I guess we we're oh we were watching Master Chef Junior, which I do oh, so love. Like that watch that too. <laughs> that, hey, like, can we just back up? For for one second yeah okay so you know that if you don't watch it which we understand if you don't um matt you know it's it's they have to create something and so there are these 10 kids they had to create a citrus cream pie from scratch would you know mm. how to do that okay i'd like to say that i think and i know i this is all just based on supposition i noticed that the kids were pouring out things that look pre-measured and so oh. I, because definitely when they like were emptying things, like when they were putting in dry ingredients, they were coming out of a bag that looked like they had, had writing on it. Oh, and maybe. And it definitely, maybe. because. Because to me, like a crust from scratch at age eight is pretty tough. I think the whole, I want to know what's going on on MasterChef in general, because I think they must give 
even the adult participants, when it's just regular Master Chef, I think they give them some recipes to follow. Like when they have a challenge, you know, like that you have to make beef bourguignon or something like uh-huh. that. I think they give them some type of measurements because otherwise somebody's going to completely forget a bunch of things. And so that you're going to be like, you know what? Only one of you got this right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it was pretty. Yeah, you're, you, I think you're right. I because think it was very much like, I was like, I, cause I was kind of blown away with all of them doing so well. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. granted, there were some that looked better than the others, but I was like, wait, they all made really good whipped cream. They all made pie mm-hmm. crust. And in the, in the people, the kids who've never made a pie in their life made a Oh, than oh, I yeah. Could oh yeah. Oh yeah. And when they know? went, it, it definitely looked like, and I turned to Jack during it and I said, did you notice it looks like they're all doing pre-measured things? He was like, oh yeah, it definitely looks that way. So they were, um, and that little Una girl, oh my goodness. Is she just the cutest thing with those she little funny facial things? And then I get John, he totally mimics like in her little quirky little face things. And it just cracks me up. And so, um, Oh, I know. So what was the point of my story? Why so was I talking about this? Yes. So that I had um, a mounds bar that, um, long story why we had a mounds bar in our house. But I, so I was eating it and John turns to me and he goes, oh, can I have half of that? I'm like, you have your own bag of Halloween candy. No, I'm not going to give you half of my mounds bar. Um, so, um, but so he did he go scurry off and find and be he like, did Mom, eventually. Where's yeah. my reason? So are they on? Do you mean that they they can tell that you've taken candy out of their stuff? I think in years past they've never oh, accu- they haven't accused so they haven't hidden it. That's right. so they've hidden it even better. So they haven't accused me of that. That I think oh, okay. maybe they just thought hmm, it really went faster. So I think what well, now I'm putting it all together. I bet they thought their siblings were. Still stealing it because oh, they're you know yeah we, we have that situation sometimes sure too, yeah there's so we have that situation with money in our house too that the that the twins insist that phoebe takes their money Ooh. um yes and a five dollar bill that i found while running one time did get taken i keep my money that i find on runs in a special jar and a five dollar bill that molly and i both saw but she admitted that I bent down a little quicker so that I got to have it. Um, so it was a special $5 bill to me. Um, uh-huh. It disappeared, and I just told them very rationally. I said, I had a $5 bill in that jar. I know one of you took it. It is going to show up in the jar again by tomorrow morning, no questions asked. And sure enough, it showed Did up. Did it? Yep. And I know oh. it was the exact same one because it was folded funny because it was a wet day when we found it. And so it was very crinkled in a very specific way. Pretty soon we're going to have to hang a shingle out on your on your uh, rooftop. Sarah Bowen Shea, P.I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in this time, um, in the spirit of all that, a kind of Halloween and money and, and taking it from other people colliding, my mother, um, in a gesture very un- unlike her but very uh, generous, she sent them a Halloween card, which she would normally do, but she included three $10 bills in it. So a $10 bill for each kid. And my oh. – and, um, I just, I thought I am going to, you know, <laughs> nip this one off at the pass. And so before I gave it to them, I put J, D, and P, put a letter on each of the ones. So John's, oh. you know, had J so that I'm like, okay, well, if the J $10 bill shows up in P's room, P's. <laughs> then we know, then we, know. we can trace it. <laughs> you are exactly. Yeah. You Sarah Bowen Shea, secret agent spy. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I'm really pleased that I'm getting to share these moments because I don't have the, a lot of clever mommy moments so 
really pleased. Two right there. I know. I'm really pleased. You're knocking it out of the park for this year. And I'm sorry we're going to have to cut off your clever mind moments because I know you had a whole list that you wanted to go into. Um, But I actually am going to be a delinquent mom if I don't leave in about two minutes to pick up my kids. Pick up your kids. Can you introduce, um, and this is is Wednesday. They get out early on Wednesdays. And and my kids never fail to remind me that the one time that I forgot they got out early on Wednesday and, you know, it's like 2.40. They get out at 2.10. And uh, it's like 2.40 and they get a call from the school. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I know. And that was like two and a half years ago. But they're not letting you live that one down. we get out at 2.10 today can you remember <laughs> so yeah, i can't actually yeah so um i'll give you i'll give you a ten dollar bill that has a j on it <laughs> um so today's today's show is about um i i there's no easy way to sum this up but it's um what you do after a big race and how you get back to quote-unquote regular running or how it's, you it's how you move forward after a big race or after a race? It answers the question, what now? What That's now? That's an easy way to sum it up. What okay. now? You've done something that you focused on for some time, whether it's your first 10K or a marathon or whatever it is, and you cross the finish line, what now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So first up, we're going to bring on Larissa Rivers from Strava. So we're glad you could join us, Larissa. And we just we thought of you um, not only because you are an ultra runner and a mom of a one year old daughter, but also you're the marketing manager at running at Strava, and uh, which is our favorite GPS and social media app. Um, so appreciate that. Yeah. So start by telling us how you personally transition after a big race. Um, you know how you how you keep going and and you know keep looking toward the horizon. Talk to us. Um, so I guess personally, I'd say that um, I, I I don't I'm bad at taking days off, which is different from I think a lot of people. But at the end of the year, I start to feel a little run down. I have my I'm going to have my big race. I'm running the Philly Marathon at the end of November. Um, and so I sort of set different goals. Um, part of it is like you know maybe just get out for 30 minutes every day. Um, the goal I set on Strava was to reach a climbing goal because after the marathon, I don't really want to focus on speed and flat stuff, but even if I'm hiking up a hill and I can put that on Strava and see that I've climbed a certain number of feet, I feel like I've accomplished something. Um, it also gets me out the door. So I think it's setting little mini goals. Um, I also always schedule it on my calendar um, because I feel like if I schedule it on my calendar, not only am I accountable to myself, but I put aside that amount of time um, to make sure that I do it. That's clever to have a climbing goal that instead of saying, oh, I'm going to hit 25 miles with this week to say, oh, I'm going to climb, you know, 2000 feet of elevation or something like that. That's super clever. Yeah. Thanks. I like it because it doesn't, it doesn't focus on speed. You know, again, it's just, I can go as slow or as fast as I want. It's, it always raises your heart rate a little bit. It always feels really good to get outside. And a lot of times, the places where there are hills tend to be really beautiful, and so you sort of forget that you're exercising mm-hmm. um, and can sort of enjoy yourself at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're walking to meet somebody for lunch in hilly San Francisco, do you turn on your Strava and count those? <laughs> I, I Strava everything. <laughs> if I, if I, I take my daughter everything. for a walk in the bar. <laughs> there you go, right there. Hi, I'm Larissa Rivers, and I Strava everything. <laughs> well, and so Strava is having a little bit of campaign to, to encourage um, users uh, to finish strong, right? To keep their eye on the prize through the end of 2014. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so um, we've noticed just because we're a company of athletes that we tend to see a drop-off in activity uploads towards the end of the year. And so we wanted to sort of rally our community around um, end-of-the-year goal. And so we have all this data. You know, we can tell you your year-to-date um, stats. So what we thought would be really cool is sort of present these year-to-date stats to people and say, hey, you know, you run 800 miles this year. Maybe you should try and shoot for a thousand. It's more about like set a goal, throw it out there on social media, so it makes yourself accountable for it, and then you'll go for it. So it's really about the accountability, but it's also about using those, that data and those stats from the year to sort of rally you around a personal goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I came up with the climbing thing. I looked and I was like, oh, I climbed 260,000 feet this year because I'm an ultra runner, so we, we do a lot of trail stuff. I know it sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, maybe I'll try and hit 300,000. And so um, now I'm feeling a little bit of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I normally wouldn't do at the end of the year. But, it's it, again, it's something that all of a sudden I feel like I have this thing I can reach for that's personal to me. Um, and, and now I'm held accountable because I put it on a community board and I threw it on Twitter. Yeah, because it's because it's also then. But again, I, I I keep harping on, but I like that it's not. Um, so that it doesn't have to be miles. I think you know, so many people are like, oh, I'm going to run, you know, this many miles in in a year. And so you're you're suggesting that they can look and say, oh, well, you know, they're coming up on so many hours of, of yeah. of exercise this year, or times per week, or something, you know, so that um, you can, you know, it doesn't always have to be just about the miles logged, because I think that can by the end of the year can feel like a little bit of a burden instead of a, it's a little weedery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I put my goal up there. Mine is, is uh, to sweat or swim five times a week. So. Oh, I love that awesome. you don't, I love that you don't consider uh, swimming since, since the sweat mixes with the water, you clarify. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I was getting a little, uh, a little nerdy, but it's true. You don't sweat in the water, you know? <laughs> That's great. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so I think, and, and there's um, a calendar that we have on Strava and the activities on your um, profile view. And when you run or ride, the square turns black. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some people internally that have said, I don't want any more, I don't want to have any black squares. And so that's literally about doing activity every day. And maybe it's, you know, walking around the block and putting it on Strava. This is why I Strava everything, because I don't like to have blank squares. Um, <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's, again, it's like it's something that motivates you. And so if for the end of the year you said, I don't want to have any, I don't want to leave blank squares, you'll get out and do something every day. And it can be swimming and it can be yoga and it can be whatever you want to be. I mean, people ski in the winter. And so, you know, strong out of your skiing. Um, so we're encouraging people to just sort of take that leap and, and make yourself accountable and get out there. Yeah, I got to say that. Um, so uh, the um, I've mentioned the young man who grew up across the street from me that he finished six at the Portland Marathon this year. And so from us uh, kind of comparing notes, his name's Paul. Paul um, started following me on Strava, and he he's adores Strava. I mean, he and his buddies, I guess, while they were training, and the buddy finished second in the Portland Marathon. They would always say to each other, "Hey, man, did you prove it today? Did you prove it? You know, <laughs> I got to go log on to Strava because I got to prove it today." And uh, with with prove it being your your tagline and. So that, that, um, so, so I, you know, forgot all about the fact that Paul is one of the people that follows me on Strava. And so then I wasn't carrying my phone with me for a couple of weeks when I was, um, just kind of coming back to running after my 
marathon. And that's how I log my Strava is by turning on the app on my phone. And so then, um, I don't know, when I finally did it one time, um, I don't know, three weeks after the marathon, Paul texted me. He's like, oh, I see you're back to running. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, if you thought I haven't been running at all? Like, <laughs> and the whole accountability, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go back and manually enter all my runs so he knows I just didn't sit around for three weeks. <laughs> so, well, so, Larissa, how can people join you on, how people can join Strava for free, right? And then they can be part, yeah. they can find the community page and kind of check out the goals there. Yeah, so we did a blog post um, last week. November 5th, we launched it. Um, and so there's a link within the blog post um, for these community goals. And basically, you can check out anyone who's used the hashtag Strava Prove It in the last week and a half um, and set their goals and be inspired by their goals. Um, you can also set your own, use the hashtag Strava Prove It. We'll put it up on the community board so people can see it. Um, I know you guys have a very um, exciting and awesome community on Strava. And so joining another Mother Runners Club, throwing it out there on the discussion board, is another way to become accountable to a community that you, know, you feel more comfortable with. Um, Lauren Fleshman even set a goal for the rest of the year using the hashtag Strava Prove It. So we're getting a lot of people excited about it. And um, it's a cool way to, to get inspired yourself and to stay accountable through the end of the year. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Well, well, yeah, Sarah put a link in the um, in the website post yeah. um, so to the podcast so people can find the board. Yeah, exactly. So good. Well, and um, and you will uh, be running where this airs on the 22nd. So good luck in Philly tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All right. Thanks, Larissa. All right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. So now we're going to do our version of a call-in show, which is to play recorded messages from some of our mother runners who called into our Google Voice line. Hey, this message is for Sarah and Dimity. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is Amy calling from Fort Collins, Colorado, and I just wanted to answer your question about what now. Um, it's pretty timely for me because I just finished the New York City Marathon last weekend, and I'm just trying to figure out what comes next. That was a pretty big bucket list one for me. So um, I always have some issues dealing with the funk that kind of follows a marathon because you've just achieved this big thing and you don't have anything else on the horizon usually. Um, so there's a lot of couch sitting, I think, for me in the beginning. Um, but honestly, within 24 hours, I'm usually shopping around for my next marathon. And in this case, since it's already November, I know that nothing's going to happen until probably April or May. So I've just got to sort of dig in and, and wait it out. So I'm going to take a couple weeks off from running. Then I'm meeting up with a friend to do some really cool runs here in Colorado and try to get my feet back under me again. And then probably by December, January, I'm going to be signing up for something else. So for me, the downtime is important, but I really work best when I have a goal. And uh, so I'm going to try to get a goal on my calendar as soon as I possibly can. Thanks and happy Thanksgiving, guys. Bye. Well, and we also, we also heard that was nice for her to tell us happy Thanksgiving. Um, and so we also heard the same from Pamela, who was, um, said she was, had a half marathon coming up um, this weekend and was already stressing about when it's over. So, um, Tim, I think sometimes you and I approach that a little differently. I think sometimes uh, <laughs> <You> think? <laughs> that you're like, oh, thank goodness it's over. You know, I don't have to do anything for another six months or something. But, I mean, um, so you, you say how, when you hear that somebody falls into a funk after a big race, talk about, let's hear Oh, that. well, that's, I mean, that's, that's so 
normal. And I think that if you didn't have that, it would almost be, you know, more abnormal than, than being in that funk. And it's, it's, it's just part of the whole life cycle of a race and training, right? I mean, you train really hard, you're focused, 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 and you go race, you cross the finish line. And, and then what, you've just got this big bubble of space, right? I mean, you just, it's just how it works. And so it's natural. Like, you know, it's almost like a vacuum has kind of come in and, suck the life out of you right and mm-hmm. the motivation yeah and so so but i think i think um you unlike amy do not rush to find an, a new race whereas i'm like oh yeah amy i'm right there with you i'm already thinking what you know i just you know did victoria i got uh you know philly right on the very near horizon all right i'm thinking okay 2015 what's it gonna be what's it gonna be <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think about it for sure but i you know i mean it's 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 really your personality you know i mean and how many big races i mean again you know i, I define a big race as something over a half marathon so mm-hmm. you know that could be an olympic distance triathlon because those can take three hours um it can be a marathon it can be another kind of triathlon or any any race that basically takes longer than a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those, I mean, those to me, I just, I can't, I can't do them <laughs> um, again and again and again. I just, it's just not my, it's not, it's just not in my DNA. So, um, you know, I think that that's a, if, if you know that that works for you and it works for your body, I mean, that's the other thing, you know, I'm standing here in this, you know, walking boot and it's, you know, I tried to train for another marathon and I, yes, I ran too many miles in San Diego, but I mean, I went from 15 miles to 18 miles for my long run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was, you know, going 18 for no, you know, out of the blue, it just doesn't work for my body. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do it. It, you know, mm-hmm. like marathon training for the, on the road and my body are not no simpatico. <laughs> so, so I have to, you know, but it sounds like you and Amy have similarly, you know, very resilient bodies that you can just do it, you mm-hmm. know? So I think, it, I think that's an important thing to point out is that it's important to know how much your body can handle. And that if, you know, if you're coming off a marathon, you know, listen to it kind of as you're sitting there on the couch, uh, taking some rest days, you know, kind of assess. Since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash AMR. That's BarkBox.com slash AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, And each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. 
After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com AMR. How your body felt, what it, how it dealt with the volume of training that you were asking of it, and try to get a sense of whether your body's ready when, you know, if it's ready to handle that again. And because and, I found that I used to, I don't know, it seemed like I'd do a year where I had two marathons and then none the following year. And um, that worked for a while. And then wah, 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 then I got ran myself into the ground by doing two marathons one year and then three half marathons in really quick succession. And that's when I got my plantar fasciitis. So I think you and I both discovered the same thing, which is just at some point too much mileage can get the better of you. Yeah. You got to, you got to find your tipping point, you mm-hmm. know, and, and know where that, and it's, and it's both in your head and your body. I mean, your body obviously has to be able to go the distance, but you know, the, are you, are you up for the training again? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a long, I mean, it's funny though, because so Kelly, my 26 strong woman who I guess is this airing after Philly. No, this is uh, the week. The oh, okay. So she's going to be running. She's going to be running on Sunday tomorrow. Think about her. Um, but you know, as when I was telling her about my foot and about how I couldn't, run with her. She's like, she brought up that she's already going to do another one. And I'm like, another wow. marathon, another yeah. marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her, <laughs> a friend of her was, wants to do Marine Corps. Um, and no one, their little running posse, um, wants to do it. So Kelly, um, gamely said she would. So, wow. um, let's so ask her like, again on the day after though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey ladies, this is Phoebe in New Hampshire. And I love the topic of this podcast, what to do with yourself after a marathon is over or another big race. And the what next is always really hard for me. In a little confession, uh, after my second or third marathon, I actually changed my Facebook password to what next because I was so <laughs> lost on what to do with myself. But uh, right now, the solution that comes to mind is, uh, you know, keep running, obviously, and try to focus on something else in your life that you really enjoy doing. For me, right now, I'm involved in community theater up to my eyeballs. So running is more of a, when I can fit it in for mental health, I do it. And otherwise, I don't really worry about it. So for other mother runners, that could be lots of other things. Um, But I find that it's kind of nice to uh, keep myself rounded out in the world and, uh, you know, um, doing things that I love other than running. So hopefully that might prove helpful to the other mother runners. Hey, thanks as always for these amazing podcasts and all that you guys do. And I uh, hope we bump into each other sometime soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. I, I definitely always think about that toward the end of a marathon training cycle. I'm like, Oh, now I'll have a lot more time for a hobby. And then I'm like, well, what hobby do I want to do? Besides <laughs> <laughs> run, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I can, you know, I, I needlepoint. I'm a needlepointer, and uh, but you know, I like needlepoint in part because it's a great thing to do when I'm relaxing after a um, long For training run. run. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so, but gardening is what I keep coming back to, and that I, you know, look at my yard, which just sometimes is so in shambles, and just think, oh, you know, I want to rip out all those bushes, and you know, really get a plan, a gardening plan and put in some things. And so on Saturday, I actually 
you know, took took a stab toward doing it. And I raked for about, I raked the yard for about two hours, which as I was doing it, it was a beautiful fall morning and Daphne was out there, my nine-year-old, and she was not complaining or griping at all. And she was just really a champion raker. And I just thought, I thought if I had had to do a three-hour run this morning, I wouldn't have the energy for this. You know, I'd, I'd gone, Molly and I had gone out on a 75-minute run and I came back, I'm like, okay, I can take a shower and be good to go. And now that I think about it, I'm lying. I didn't even take a shower. I was, I, I changed, <laughs> I changed my shirt, uh, put on dr- dry bra and a, um, you know, a wool icebreaker pullover and, um, went out there and raked in my dirty caprice. So have you, uh, have you showered since then though, Sarah? I have maybe once, maybe twice. Okay, good, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, but Hey, it's a rest day. So I used, uh, did the action wipe shower, you know, just the uh-huh. little, the, <laughs> the stinky bits. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that that's really important and it's not that you have to stop running, but I mean, if you talk to any pro coach, any athletic endurance coach, there is always an off season for every athlete of theirs. I mean, there is a time, I mean, I've, I've read enough about it to know, like, you know, there is a time after Kona and Ironman, like most of the athletes, like they aren't allowed to run, bike or swim for, you know, at least three weeks, if not more, you right. know, like they, the coach just says, just go do something, you know, go play soccer, don't hurt yourself, whatever you need to do, you know, like move, but, but don't move with purpose. And I think it's so important, you know, even though we're not, you know, racing in Kona or, you know, making a living off of our, you know, finishing paychecks. Um, it's still really important that, that we heed those rules because one of the things that, um, I think that we underestimate as mother runners is the amount of stress that running puts on our lives and not that it's stressful, but, you know, I mean, our lives, you know, all these people who take that time off, you know, their their lives are built around their training, you know, so they get up and, you know, maybe meet their friends, you know, like Dina Castor was meeting her running group at what, like seven or seven thirty or eight or something like that, you know, some what felt like a very normal hour. So she's getting up, she comes home, she, you know, gets a massage, she takes a nap. And I know this because I've read a lot about her and I've interviewed her a lot. I mean, she's mm-hmm. big on naps, you know, like we don't do that. <laughs> we get up before the sun gets up and we go all day long and that's stress on the body, whether or not it's like lactic acid, tempo run training stress, it's not, it may not be that, but it's still stress on the body and you've got to take some time to just alleviate that and let the body almost reset. And so Mm -hmm. for Phoebe, you know, she said she's running a little bit when she can fit it in, which is great. Keep it going, but not stress about it and do a community theater. And, And for you, you know, um, you keep that raking hobby going, Sarah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't know. There might be some bulb planting in my future. This... Oh, good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get, I get obsessed about cleaning. I was, I was on a cleaning jag this weekend. Oh my gosh, because you just accumulate so much Ugh. stuff, and every time I'm like, okay, it's not going to happen again, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I turn around, and I'm like, wait, how do we have seven raincoats and four pairs of boots that don't fit? And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. So. I've been on a cleaning jag and I'm, I'm feeling good. It's always good, nice to get it out to where it needs to go, you know, like oh. bringing the old laptops to be recycled and like mm-hmm. dropping off the coats for Colorado, you know, at the Colorado bin and bringing all the plastic bags back to the grocery store. Like, yep, yep. I, uh, I have, we have a big thing of um, light bulbs. You can recycle light bulbs at Ikea. And I'm like, oh yeah, we need to remember to bring those to Ikea next time we go. That's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. So don't run, recycle. (laughs) And rake. Hi, this is Erin, and I'm calling from the Chicago area. 
I didn't run a big race this fall, but in the past when I've completed half marathons, no marathons yet, but maybe someday, uh, but in the past when I've completed half marathons and I've gotten to that, okay, now what point, what I've done is ditch my watch and I've ran just for fun, just to enjoy it. I map out something on map my run and know that I'm running five, six miles, or sometimes I just set out and I let my feet take me the direction I want to go. It's worked really well for me because it goes away from the training plan and it makes running fun again. I actually, after my last half marathon, I've been doing this for months and months and months now. I just haven't felt the urge to pick up the watch or train for anything. But at the same time, I'm still running 25 to 30 miles a week. So it's been really great, and I would urge anyone to do that, to ditch the watch for a while and just follow your body. In the process, I've PR'd 5Ks, 10Ks, because oh. I've just listened to my feet, listened to my lungs, listened to my legs and what they want to do. So it's been really good. That's my what now answer. Thank you. Love that. Erin is running naked in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Wow. And that's impressive that she's able to do that and then set those PRs. So she, she really is tuning into what her body's telling her. I admire that. Yeah. I definitely am a huge proponent of leaving stuff behind. Mm -hmm. And it's funny even now, um, you know, so going back to my boot, but, um, but, you know, before I told Kelly and before I thought that I could, when I, when I still thought I could run the marathon, I was wearing my heart rate monitor when I was riding the bike and I knew, I know my zones and I knew where I needed to keep it to, you know, I mean, I, I, I rode a lot <laughs> up to, I mean, I rode two hour, two and a half hours wow. one day, which is not, you know, it's almost iron mother training, yeah. hoping that I could get to the marathon at, at the heart rate. And so after I made the tough decision and after I told Kelly, um, you know, I've, like I've said, I've got to keep riding and, uh, and I, um, and I went to go put on my heart rate monitor. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to wear it right mm. now. I'm just going to go and like make my own spinning class. And so I, you know, put on Pandora or um, Spotify and mm. just like climb hills when the music slows down and speed up when it doesn't. And, you know, do make little, I mean, you know me, I like to make games. I know. Things, I love so. it. I just love when you talk like this. I'm like, oh, I love this side of Dimity. <laughs> <laughs> I make my own. And I put it in my log. I've started um, the Believe I Am training journal. I decided that that's important for me to keep to show mm -hmm. that I'm still doing stuff and making progress, even though I'm not making progress with miles. So, um, so I call it my DIY spinning class and, and put it in and, and it doesn't matter if my heart rate is too low, like who cares, you know, and if yeah. it's, and if it's too high, then I'm, I still feel okay. I'm tuning in and it doesn't hurt too much. So I'm not going to like, you know, bring it down just because it needs to be, you know, at 147. So yeah. I really, I think that there's a lot of value in just stepping away from the numbers and tuning in. I mean, mm -hmm. it is so freaking hard to do, but if you can find a way to do that after mm -hmm. a big race, I think you'll be rewarded, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. The only thing, the only thing I was when I hear you know somebody like Aaron saying, "Oh, she just goes out and see where her feet take her." <laughs> my fear is always like that. My feet will take me somewhere, and then I'll be like, "Oh, I only got about another mile left in me, and now I'm five miles from home." <laughs> so, so I, <laughs> yeah, she said that, and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if I could." I mean, I just have such roots that it's hard for me to say. Oh, I'm going to go do this, you know? Well, because I just, so, and this is truly logistical. This is very nitty gritty of us. But I think this, that, you know, I, so, but I live in a grid, so I could, but then I'd be like, oh, I don't want to just go, you know, 
up on 25th and back on 24th and up on, you know, 23rd and keep going back, 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 back. So um, I admire that um, people not only can do it and accept that they're going to do that, but then just not be like bored of saying, okay, well, then I'll just stay kind of in close proximity to my house somewhat because if I feel like, okay, that's it, then you got to be close enough to to just slow to a walk and head home. I have a challenge for you, Sarah. You should see what you can see if you can draw SBS with your Strava. If you live on a grid, <laughs> there you I go. I bet you you could with your Strava map. But then would I have to um, start it? Oh, I see. So then, oh, I'd have to visualize it. And what font do you want me to do it? <laughs> well, I'm a big Times New Roman girl, but you can do whatever you want. But see if you can do it. I honestly, I think you could if you thought about it. And you know, I mean, it doesn't have to. You know, it could be more or less. It could more. It could like, be cri- you know, script. five eight. <laughs> kind of thing. It could be cursive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no cursive. That would be tough. You'd be like leaping over building tops. But Hi, this is Brooke near Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Uh, as for what's next for me, I just finished the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon, and I'm doing some recovery miles. And then my plan is to sort of do what I call maintenance miles, trying to keep about a 25-mile uh, week going with two- to four-mile runs during the week and then a long run of about nine miles on the weekend until spring half-marathon training starts uh, in February. And then it'll be half-marathon time, and then I have a little recovery, and I go into marathon training for fall marathon season. So I guess the key for me is always having a race on the horizon and maintaining in between. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Brooke and I are cut from the same cloth. That's, pretty, to say. Pretty, that's pretty much me. <laughs> is Brooke, your sister from another mother runner? I think so. She, she is. She is. So that that I always have, the, I, I you sometimes use the term Timothy half marathon ready. And that, you know, if, if you got tapped, I mean, not now with the boot on your foot, but typically, you know, you'd be able to run a half marathon. And I like to think that that's sort of where I am. And in part, a lot of the reason why I am like that is because I just want an excuse to get out of the house every weekend. So, mm-hmm. so that that's I, your long run. I do. So yeah. I have, I have Jack, you know, Jack thinks that I sort of need to always do a long run every weekend. He just never stopped to think, well, she doesn't have a race coming up. Why does she need to do one? <laughs> well, now he's going to listen to this and be oh. like, oh, sorry, Sarah, I'm, you're needed in the house for seven to 11. <laughs> right. um, no. So, you know, I mean, but sometimes it'll shift down to eight, you know, eight mile run or, or if it's a particularly nice day, maybe it'll go up to even a, a half marathon distance run on the weekend. But, but those maintenance miles, because, you know, it's running is kind of like pushing a, a rock up a hill, you know, and we're all Sisyphus in our own way. And that, that if you let the rock slide too far down the hill, then it's hard to start it back up again when the true training starts. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hard to start it up again. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. I mean, I remember, remember when we were in Salt Lake um, and it was when I, well, it was when I fell on oh, that goodness. stress fracture right before <laughs> yeah. my, an iron mother when I was training for that yes january and, of last year yeah yeah, january and um and i came in from my run and i was like oh my gosh i am so glad to be at the point where i can run for an hour without mm-hmm. having to stop any stop anymore i mean it mm-hmm. finally builds up my endurance to do that and you kind of looked at me like i had four heads like but <laughs> you're like you know an author and the mother runner and all this and i'm like you don't you have no idea what it's like to have to just say you know, because we talk about all the time, there's no savings account, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, it's really, it's always feels triumphant to get back to that point, but it is, uh, it's a little disheartening to think about right now. I won't lie, but you and Brooke go do your maintenance miles and, you know, just, you know, everything is rosy. <laughs> my name's Melissa Morrow Heineman, and I'm calling from Wesley Chapel, North Carolina. Uh, my call is in response to the question, what now? Oh, that is a really great question because I kind of had my own experience with that last year. Um, I probably had my best running year ever, um, had a great half marathon time, um, then pushed to want to do another marathon, and uh, ended, ended up having to drop down to a half because of an injury, but just um, met some other goals that year. I ran my first 50K, and I was, like, riding a high, and I think um, getting an injury and kind of coming off that much training is it just kind of messes with your mind a little bit that you start to feel like um, you're constantly on the wheel. So for me, I had to really dial it back a bit and just kind of almost like fall in love with my running again and make it more about the joy of running and the the gift that it is to me, um, not so much about the finish line and the race and the medal and the training, um, just really getting a sense of, what my running means to me and just getting back to those roots. Um, for me, I also took some time to really encourage my daughter, who's 10, to kind of get her interested in her own running. And she does have natural ability. And it's like I see that and I want to encourage it. So it was nice to actually kind of take the emphasis off myself for a little bit and put it on her and just encourage her in that way. So I still got joy from my running, but it was just in a different way. So that's kind of how I address my what's next um and love you guys and uh thanks for the opportunity to leave a comment take care bye-bye so you can have Brooke and I'll take Melissa. <laughs> She's cut from my cloth more although. Um I you know, I'm running myself into the ground. I guess I, I have the tendency to do that, but um but not with fifty Ks and marathon after marathon. But I mean, my gosh, what you know, that is exactly what um rest period is about is is finding the joy again and you know, maybe realizing that the focus doesn't always have to be on the finish line or on the distance, but finding some, some love of just being out there. And I will say, going back to my answer, my little, um, you know, wow, wow answer last time. But I mean, there is something so just triumphant and awesome. And just, you feel like you're, I mean, it's almost like giving, it's not giving birth again, but it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love this. I forgot, mm -hmm. forgot. And so like to have it taken away and then to find it again is, is always, it's like, you know, unwrapping the same present that you unwrapped <laughs> seven times and be like, oh, but what's in the box this time? Like, it's going to be good, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes we do that with my kids. We rewrap presents just because it's like, oh, they'll, like, put it back into the bag. Oh, I want to open it again. But... <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's important, the, the taking the emphasis off yourself for a while. I mean, I think about, you know, I really liked um, my 26 Strong Cadets post about volunteering at the New York City Marathon, or I think about, you know, you volunteering and uh, continually coaching girls on the run. There's our friend Denise in Boulder who has Heart Strides, who is just a wonderful program that she gives uh, women in need who are going through uh, difficult times, either financially or health-wise, gives them um, shoes and other gear that they need to get into running and gives them the inspiration. So I think just 
what I'm trying to say is to, uh, you know, uh, be involved in running in a different way instead of thinking about, um, you know, oh, what race can I do next? It's like, oh, okay, what can what can I give, back, can to I give back? back yeah. yeah, to the running community. And and it could be um, like Melissa did, which is to, you know, encourage your own child to do it or say, oh, okay, you know, um, you know, kid, let's let's look and find a, you know, a one mile race in our town or a 5k race and, and you know, start planning a 5k race that next spring with your kids. And so that the sure you're going to be getting in the miles, but it's also finishing up that la- the run and saying, okay, come on, let's head out and do that mile together, like we talked about, or go to the track together. And, you know, do the laps slower than you would, because you're spending time with your with your children, you know, pursuing that goal. So I think or not, or slower or faster than you would. Sure. The start, the start, start and stop, start, stop, Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely, and then, you know what, also, if you mean, it's another great, um, you know, if you're feeling like, Oh, what now? And you're not sure where to find motivation, volunteering at a race. I mean, that'll fire you up like nothing else. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll also say like, you see, you know, go volunteer at water stop at mile 23 of a marathon and see if you really want to do it (laughs) you know like that's i mean right there's no other way you know there's that's a great way to see see the reality of it and see if you're up for it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so great well um we are we have more good advice on our facebook page at run like mother the book our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com and at anothermotherrunner.com slash retreat, you can find out all about our first ever running retreat, which we're having in Little Rock, Arkansas, next April. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Our books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Upcoming Tales from Another Mother Runner, are available on Amazon. And whether you've just finished up a race or you're starting to embark on training, many happy miles to you. Music.